impact not only the recent news of Kobe Bryant passing and the four others, including his 13-year-old daughter, but his legacy and what he leaves behind. There's more to it with Kobe Bryant. His will to win, his attitude, demeanor, the way he led himself not only on the court but off of the court, he changed the complexion of basketball forever. And I know he modeled his game off of Michael Jordan over his shot, his Kobe phrase, which is so embedded in today's basketball culture, will carry on forever. I think they definitely have the potential to make a big jump next season. I think last year they would have won a lot more in 22 games if the roster hadn't been decimated by injuries. I think that they should definitely be able to boost their win total at least into the mid-30s to the point where when you get into March and April, they're playing meaningful games with hopefully at least having a possibility of competing for one of those last playoff spots in the East. That is definitely a huge way to begin the tournament. And Coach Johnson and them were saying during the press conference a couple of days before the tournament that, you know, they want to beat these teams, especially U of I, and being the 14th best team in the nation in Illinois State, kind of facing that adversity, being a major school in the Missouri Valley, showing the NCAA committee that they can compete with some of the top 25 teams in the nation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Andy Reid's been a guy who obviously is well-respected, who's had a long, successful career up until this point, and that the one thing he was missing before Sunday was that Super Bowl win. So now he's got it. I think, you know, if, if he wasn't already in the, the Hall of Fame as a coach, I think this kind of gets him well on his way to, to getting that. I think he's playing it smart. I think you will see some more signings as the the weeks, months go on. That's how I think about Rakan's uh, performance so far. Patience, patience, patience. And I think he knows what he's doing. And sooner or later, you'll see the fruits of his labor and think, wow, okay, he did know what he was doing. Every, teams are different every year. It's You can't, you never keep the same guys. It happens in professional sports and college. Guys transfer, graduate. Uh, go to professional it's just you never had that same core group so that that's going to sting and they're not losing a ton of guys this team they're going to be projected you know could be top three top four in the big 10 again and this time though it's not going to be a surprise they're going to have a target on their back because they, they beat a lot of the top teams last year and so they're going to be gunning for them this team can make a run um, deep into deep into march and hopefully april next year Hey everybody, it's Marcus Grant from NFL Fantasy Live on the NFL Network. Hey everyone, it's Luke Stuckmeyer. This is Neil Doyle. Hey, what's going on? This is Mark Grody, the official Chicago Bears sideline reporter from 670 The Score, and ISU Redbird alum. Hey, this is Alex Dolaner. Hey Redbirds, it's Leah Johnson. This is Mark Shanowski. Now time. Now time. It's now time for your fifth quarter sports talk. It's Will's fifth quarter special. Here's your host, Will Farlow. Welcome into the 49th episode of a sports podcast that captures everything you want to know as a buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farrell here with you this afternoon on April 27, 2020, welcoming listeners to the 49th episode of Will's 5th Quarter Special. Hope everyone's doing well and staying safe through this COVID-19 global pandemic, as we at Will's 5th Quarter Special will not stop bringing good 5th Quarter Sports Talk to the average sports fans like you. So we want to wish all of you safety to you and your families, Stay healthy, wash your hands, use social distancing, wear a mask if needed, and just be safe. We will all get through this soon together. I'm here as your host for this special edition of the 5th Quarter Sports Talk where we're recapping the 2020 NFL Draft and how the Chicago Bears made the right picks, putting their team in the right position for the future. So we did something for the first time on this podcast with our blog, Will's 5th Quarter Sports Talk. 
we did some mock drafting. So I have mock draft 1.0 and 2.0 still up. So you can kind of see what my takes were before the draft and how the picks kind of were matched up with those mocks. Uh, we did project Cole Komet a little bit there, uh, some of the other Bears picks as well. And I think it just goes to show some of your predictions are never right. And we had some very close ones, but I think the Bears did a really good job in the draft, just kind of touching on that a little bit. And later on in this episode, uh, the big part of it, we're going to be talking about that with our guest appearance today. I think the Bears did a really good job in the draft. You're going to hear more about that in the interview. I don't want to give it all away right now, but I think the Bears did a really good job with the draft. Credit to Ryan Pace and his staff. And just to touch on it, seeing the draft as all of you did, I think it was really cool to see just people in their own elements. And I think a lot of sports people with the NFL, you know, Roger Goodell, the GMs and the scouts, the player uh, personnel directors and such and coaches, they love that intimate setting, you know, because it connected well with the fans and we felt like a part of it, the draft pretty much. You know, we were all pretty much a part of it, not just watching the TV as usual, even when we watch a game, but seeing them on the TV like that, you know, with their families, you know, their kids probably, kids sitting on laps when, uh, on the mom's, on the dad's lap when they're making the picks. Like, uh, for example, Brian Flores and the Dolphins had his two sons next to him. Ryan Pace had his daughter next to him when he was working on the draft stuff, making picks. And, you know, there's Matt Nagy, the coach of the Bears, three sons uh, in the draft room saying hi to Cole Clement and some of the other new Chicago Bears. I think it was just amazing to see that element. And, you know, Roger Goodell did a great job, I think, our commissioner for the NFL, of just interacting with the fans, you know, on the little multiple screens there on the Zoom setup, allowing fans to boo them even more for uh, raising money for a good cause. And I think that was really great. Uh, I, so I give an A-plus to the NFL, uh, especially the Chicago Bears, for how things were approached with the draft. So, Hats off to Goodell and his staff, and it was a great NFL draft. I think even though it was virtual, it was very exciting, and we have a special guest appearance joining us once again. He's been on the show before. It's Alex Dolanar. joined us to talk about his views of the first virtual draft in NFL history, the way it was done due to the COVID-19 pandemic, and how he felt it was done very well, and something interesting we talked about Matt Nagy, everyone saw on the social media, so we're going to touch on that a little bit, how cool we thought it was or what our thoughts were about it, and we're going to break down each pick. So the Bears did bring in seven new players to the Chicago Bears organization and their team's history. So we're going to talk about each player, why we thought it was a good pick, why maybe the Bears should have won another position in that round and that pick. And at the end, we're going to talk about undrafted free agents. You know, that's a big part of the draft after the picks are made. A lot of those players will be signed as undrafted free agents, still given a chance to play in the NFL to try and make a name for themselves and give themselves a fair chance. And we're going to give our draft grades, myself and Alex, and just kind of finishing off with how we think those players will impact the season and kind of this will be a different off season for the NFL guys. You know, it's going to be different because of uh, you know just trying to stay healthy and safe with COVID nineteen. So, so here is the interview I had with Alex Dolanar. So Alex Dolanar, back on the podcast once again here with us, joining the Fitcore Sports Talk. But we're talking the Bears draft, and just welcome back, man. How uh, first? What did you think of the draft? That kind of surprised your expectations. I mean, it was the first virtual one. I mean, we saw the commissioner's house and different settings of coaches and Belichick's dog helping them pick. Just kind of, let's start with that overall. What do you think of how the draft was done virtually and what did it really, you know, perceive your expectations? Yeah. Hey, hey Will, uh, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it was, uh, the draft was interesting. I thought it was, it was fun. They did a good job with it because, I mean, that's really all we had to watch 
as far as any any type of live sports in a while. Um, yeah, it, it was it was fun to see the the different players, their houses, their settings, and uh, kind of like what they you know the wardrobe, what they're wearing, um, and then like of course the GM's mansions and Jerry Jones is dressing on his yacht, and uh, so it was it was that was that was a lot of fun to watch. Now, as a Bears fan, both of us are Bears fans. I'm sure you find it interesting to see Matt Nagy had apparently it was reported all of his call sheets from 2018, his first year coaching the Bears, all over a room. I mean, that's that's dedication uh, to the Bears right there. If you're uh, head coach Matt Nagy, calling your future new players with all the call sheets up, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool wallpaper idea. Um, as long as they're old play sheets and not anything current, you know, people zoom in and look at his war room and see all the current uh, play calls. But, yeah, no, yeah. I thought that was cool. That was unique. And I think unique is the right word to put with this draft class. I mean, Bears fans went into this. We didn't have a third or fourth-round pick. First-round pick everyone knew was in the Khalil Mack trade as well as our third-rounder that helped the Bears acquire that 43rd overall from the Las Vegas Raiders and also allowing the Bears to use the fourth-round pick to get Nick Foles before the draft. We saw some trades. Now, a lot of people, Alex, I'm going to start with you on this, covering the draft picks. We're going to take them one at a time, and just like the experts, we're going to give our draft grades a little bit. Just kind of your quick thoughts on how each player you think will fit with the team. Do you think it was a smart pick? All right, so we're going to start off with the 43rd overall. It was the Illinois native, Cole Kmet, who a lot of people thought was going to be gone by the first round. He won 43rd overall the Chicago Bears in tight end out of Notre Dame. And on the start, I think Ryan Pace made a smart move with that pick. Now, of course, a lot of people, I agree, there's a lot of tight ends on this team. And it's kind of just, it, it's going to happen. You know, you're going to have a lot of players in a position. But you take from best player available and I guess what you think is a position of need. And Pace, uh kind of talked to the media and the fans after the pick and it's mentioned basically he's going to team up with Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham's going to be a mentor to him a little bit. He's more of the wide tight end. You don't find a lot. To give Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles both that quarterback duo, really good weapon. So I think it was a good pick. Uh, of course, there were a lot of old linemen. Denzel Mims was available. So it, it's going to be questionable down the road. Any pick is, but I think it was a good pick. Alex, what do you think about the Illinois native going to his uh, home team in Chicago at 43rd. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, you said it, like, tight end was position of need. Um, and, well, you know, long-term-wise, short-term, they paid a lot of money to Jimmy Graham. And uh, they didn't have success with Shaheen so far. Um, so I think the pick itself was fine. Uh, I would rather have him seen – I would rather have him gone with the safety um, – maybe a Grant Bell pit out of LSU or even the corner Winfield out of Minnesota. Um, because yes, you need a tight end, but I think you could have got by with Jimmy Graham this year and address the tight end next year. You you need a safety and you need a starting cornerback. I think those are bigger impact players on day one than a tight end uh, who may, you know, may have, might have three touchdowns next year. I don't know. I, I think they should have gone defense uh, with that first pick at 43, but but if it works out and this is supposedly the next Travis Kelsey, fine. Um, but we also called Shaheen the next Gronkowski. So keep it in perspective. 
very fair claim, Alex. I know a lot of analysts, uh, fans themselves, we like to make those projection predictions. I always say, let the player develop in himself. I think it's going to really help his hometown team. They actually, uh, did you see he had uh, also what the fans know? There was a parade of <coughs> a parade of Bears fans that went down his street outside his house. So I think, and they were talking about it, day two and three of the draft, you know, on 670 to score covering, you know, the Bears draft uh, portions. And I think that's pretty amazing. That's quite the warm welcome he got. But let's hope he gets that from fans when uh, he starts playing uh, to the best of his ability, hopefully, for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, yeah, that was was cool. Yeah. Now, you mentioned defense. They did take a defensive player, and I actually had at 50th overall a safety going. You know, my eye was on Jeremy Chin out of Southern Illinois. Very underrated mid-major player, but really made a name for himself this in a senior season. And uh, he ended up getting picked later on in the draft by the Carolina Panthers, who traded up to get him. So, congrats to him. But the Bears went cornerback. And they got Jalen Johnson out of Utah. Now, Alex, I'm going to start with you on this one because I know you and I have talked about this pick after this election. Uh, and you had some con- contradicting thoughts or just feelings, uh, first impression of Jalen Johnson. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't watch a lot of him. I didn't watch a lot of Utah in college. I mean, mostly because it's Pac-12 and it's on late at night. <laughs> but, uh I guess reading the reports after he was drafted, my initial reaction was that, you know, Bears, of course, pull a Bears move and get the guy that had three surgeries in his shoulder and was recovering from a torn labrum. But um, after further reading into it, it, it seems like it could pan out. It could be like a Eddie Jackson type of pick. I mean, this was a guy that was projected first round, 24th overall at one point before the surgery that he had after the combine. And now um, they said he's he's – He's one of the top corners, and had he not had an injury, he probably still goes in that first round. So if the Bears the Bears did luck out when they drafted Eddie Jackson in the fourth round. So if this guy is a second-round pick and hopefully can make a day-one impact as a starting corner across from Fuller, I think it's a good pick. And and he's also really good in press coverage. That's his, that's his go-to, and so Kyle Fuller is pretty good at that too. So if they could have two press corners, on the outsides, I mean that with a strong front seven, that that can really be beneficial. So I, I like to pick now. Yeah, no, I, I think it took a little bit of me to swallow it first too, because whenever you're seeing a player, like I, I watched a little bit of tape uh, here and there on different players, and he was one I saw a few tapes on actually right before the pick, because uh, it's kind of interesting to see as a fan and just somebody you know going through the draft players as a whole. It's exciting to see what player might fall to you and I think he he talked a lot about uh, I think it's really cool the Bears were good about in their media having each player interview you know through Skype with one of the reporters and you know allowing fans to see okay what type of player we're getting and Jalen Johnson was very articulate as you mentioned about the surgeries and assuring fans he's worked through them he played through one during his uh, final season in college so he's really ready to just show Bears fans that He's deserving of that pick, and he just wants to get down to business. You know, he, he's excited to play with Kyle Fuller. I think he's really good at getting the ball first. And you also mentioned his press coverage. I like how he said, I'm good at getting the ball first. I'm going to be physical. I'm going to be getting that ball. And, and that's what you want to hear from a cornerback. You know, that's very important when you have really good receivers, especially in the Bears division, Devontae Adams, and uh, players like Adam Thielen as well, and Kenny Galdi over in Detroit. You want to have that mentality. You know, hopefully you can – wreak some havoc on the receivers in the NFC North and the NFC. And 
We actually saw a defensive line move, Alex, going into the fifth round. Uh, for fans that are just hearing about the draft here in our recap, the Bears made a trade with the division rival. Now, it's not the one uh, projected, as you saw in our mock draft 2.0. It was with not the Green Bay Packers, but the Minnesota Vikings, who uh, allowed the Bears to move up to pick 155. They still kept their current fifth-round pick at 163, and they gave up a future fourth-round pick for next season. Alex, what did you think about the edge rusher out of Tulsa, Travis Gibson? Or Travis yeah. Gibson. What do you think of Travis Gibson? Um, yeah, he, he comes from kind of a smaller school. Uh, I didn't know much about him going into the draft, but after reading about him and kind of listening to reports, uh, I, I think that he's not really polished yet. But, I mean, you have to remember they're going to lose Aaron Lynch. Um, they're probably going to cut Leonard Floyd. Um, and so they're going to need that third rotating pass, that edge rusher. So they have a guy last year that they took. He was hurt. Um, so if he can rotate in, I mean, he's going to compete with um, for that third spot to relieve Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn on the outside. So if he can learn some skills, improve his his uh, his abilities, then yeah, he could he could play a little bit here in his opening season because um, that's a position that is kind of of need that third rotating edge rusher. Yeah, and I think what I like the most about this pick, a lot of players like we were talking about Eddie Jackson. You know, just to use an example here. He was a fourth-round pick that was supposed to go in the first round. This player was a third-round grade. And it'll happen in the draft. Players slip, you know, expecting the unexpected, like we talked about in our pre-draft episode here. And he goes into the fifth round. I think it's a pretty good steal, but also you got a guy in Bilal Nichols. He's under contract for, I believe, one to two years at max. So right there, you're showing up your defense, and they talked about it before the draft with the Bears. It's important. Those defensive players aren't getting any younger, but they're still at a pretty good in their prime type of age where, you know, guys like Cleo Mack, Robert Quinn, they're not that old just yet. But it's good to get those younger players behind them to learn so that way when that time comes down the road here, that defense is still developed and ready. Now we're going to go to our next pick. It was the Bears' official fifth-round pick at 163, Kendall Vildor out of Georgia Southern. Now, I'm going to start on this one. They did take a wide receiver later on in the draft that we're going to get to next, but I could have seen them get you know, that old line player we were talking about or a wide receiver at this spot. But seeing it tape by Georgia Southern, Kim looks pretty good, has pretty good uh, speed, which at cornerback is very important. I just like his playing ability. Saw a few bit of his tape over on YouTube. Kim looks pretty good. Now, the question a lot of Bears fans have about that pick, you already have a lot of cornerbacks. You took one later in the draft, round six or seven last year, Duke Shelley. You got Trey Roberson. You brought in Artie Burns on a fruit deal one year. Uh, Tolliver is still over there. They brought Matt Sharif and Ben. It's Kyle Fuller and then Jalen Johnson. Do you kind of agree with me a little bit? Uh, would you say that it's kind of interesting to see another quarterback, kind of like what they're doing with the tight end position a little bit? Yeah, I thought they kind of goofed this pick up. I, I don't know. I thought they should have went safety or O-line, um, maybe receiver. But, yeah, this is they got a corner out of, uh, you know, Kendall, Vildor, Georgia Southern. And he played his last two and a half years as a starter, but he's kind of on the smaller side at 5'10". Um, but he's, he's fast. And he's, so I guess maybe the idea is you bring him in and if you can't move – and you bring him in because maybe the plan is to move Duke Shelley or try one of those other guys out at, at safety. 
um, to challenge Deion Bush. So, because right now the cornerback room is actually bigger than the tight end room. So, you got to try maybe getting one of those guys at safety uh, before leaving camp. And then, if not, then you got a couple of special teams guys maybe that'll make a difference. But yeah, I was kind of shocked by this pick. I would have went. I wish they would have went different direction. And they did that with the next pick. They made a trade with the Philadelphia Eagles. So they had two six-round picks, and they were traded, just to recap, with our Wilson Court Special fans. And I guess if you're Alex Donner here, glad to have him on here, Wilson Court Special, for our post-draft episode. Just to touch on this next pick, they took a, another two-lane player, the first two-lane player to be taken by the Chicago Bears in the draft since Matt Forte. Pretty exciting for the fans to see. Darnell Mooney. Really lit up the 40-yard dash, third fastest player at the draft combine. To update fans on the trade, the Bears obtained the selection in the fifth round at pick 173 from the Philadelphia Eagles by trading their six-round picks at 196 and 200 and one seventh-round pick at 233 as the Eagles also threw in pick 227 that we're going to touch on a little later. So, Alex, just your opening thoughts. What do you think of the new speedy wide receiver that's supposed to slide in with Anthony Miller, Riley Ridley, and Alan Robinson? What do you think of that on me? Yeah, I thought uh, – so finally here, yeah, they take a receiver. And uh, I thought um, they needed a speed guy because Anthony Miller's got some speed and he's more of a possession guy. Alan Robinson's a possession guy. Um, Ridley and Wins are – I think they're both possession guys, but really unpolished. Um so you had to get a speed guy here, and they got that. Um, the knock on him, though, is his hands. He doesn't have great hands. And his size, he's 5'10". So they're they're saying, you know, he played at Tulane. You know, if he gets a couple of cracks from some NFL safeties, you know, when he's going over on a slant route over the middle, yeah, his career could be short. But he kind of reminds me of a Johnny Knox type of receiver. And Johnny Knox worked out for a little bit, but just because of his speed. Uh, hopefully, you know, he can. he doesn't have stone hands in camp and, Maybe can make a difference, um, but I, I don't see him. I don't see him passing Anthony Miller on the depth chart, and I don't really see him um, passing Tree Cohen in the passing game. So I, he's definitely, a, you know, an unpolished product, but probably will develop here for a couple of years. Yeah, I think it's definitely a good prospect, though. I mean, you fit in with that offense already, Cole Kmet, and they were trying to add weapons. Obviously, the offense was pretty good last year, decent quarterback play, but. With the bad O-line, you know, the wide receiver issues here and they're dropping the ball. This, I mean, like you said with the hands, this is another question mark, but let's hope they, you know, can continue to develop that wide receiver core. It looks pretty good. And I guess the best part, I think, as well, the draft was so deep at wide receiver. The deepest wide receiver draft we've seen since about 2014 when guys like Julio Jones are, and some of those top receivers are coming into the league that are still around. So I think that was a pretty good move. We're going to head over into the seventh round. And that was the next set of picks the Bears had to finish the draft. And Alex, we're finally seeing offensive linemen. Now, I think the first question I have, and I'm sure you can add to it as well, all O-line was a very big need for the Bears. Now, yes, they did pick up some free agents, Jermaine Feldy, um, Jason Spriggs, former Green Bay Packer, they tried to get in the draft in 2016. But you lost Kyle Long, who was a very great piece for the Bears. Good part of Bears O-line history was added by uh, Kyle Long historically. But you had to add a little more. And I think we were just talking about earlier on, pick 50, there was O-line there for the Bears as well as safety. Fifth round, there was O-line players there as well. Sixth round, they could have traded up uh, to get that. Of course, they traded those picks. What 
your thoughts on those two O-linemen uh, that were picked at 226 and 227. Uh, let's start with Arlington Hambright of Colorado. Yeah, um, I think Hambright's actually, I think he's going to be the better of the two. Um, you know, he came from a community college, and so he got kind of a late start to his career um, in Division One football, but he ended up playing 12 games at Colorado, and I guess the knock on him was kind of his, his length, but and his age, you know, he's coming in at 24, which is old for, older for, you know, these draft picks. Um, but I think though, he's, he's got a shot, you know, to stick around on the roster, hopefully, uh, just cause his, I think his football smarts and, uh, his, his history and his, his work ethic will keep him around. Yeah. And I, I like him, both these prospects as well, but I like what he, uh, talked about a little bit as well as what they talk about the O-line players after those picks. You know, a lot of Bears fans, and I'm sure you and I could probably add our names to that list a little bit, wanted to see some a little earlier. Now, I mean, it doesn't matter when they're picked, obviously, but it's just a better fit, hoping those players are going to be right for – if you have a better O-line, Mr. Bisky's more successful, Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery, Nick Foles, all those names on the offensive list can be more successful with a good front O-line. And – Something that's talked about with our next player as well, Latavius Simmons out of Tennessee State out. They talked about Juan Castillo being really good at developing players, and uh, I think that's why we saw Ryan Pace pick them so far down in the draft. Uh, give me your take on Latavius Simmons and how you think Juan Castillo can hopefully make these players into good uh, future Chicago Bears we see in that O-line. Yeah, I mean, this is uh... – it's kind of an unknown pick, you know, he comes from a small school, um, Tennessee state didn't really play a ton. Um, but he's, he's another unpolished product. You know, we don't, we don't know about him. So maybe if you get him, get him in camp and kind of face off with, um, some like maybe a Travis Gilson, you know, face off against him one-on-one and get some NFL defensive line going at him. He'll be much better. But I think that, um, I think that he'll he'll compete, but we'll see if he sticks around on the roster. Um, I, I just I wish that maybe they would have gone at some of the bigger school got bigger school names, just because they're big game experiences. You know, like especially in the O line, some of these guys they come from smaller schools, and you don't really who they're playing against. Who are they going up against on the D line? You know, like you get versus going to get a safety or. or go get offensive lineman from an SEC school or Big Ten school who's going against uh, NFL caliber defensive lineman. So that's that's the one thing that kind of bothered me with these O-line picks. But Ryan Pace historically has gone after this small school guy, and that's he proved again that's what he's going to do this year. Yeah, just to kind of recap what we had in our mock drafts, and I, I, I think there were a few O-line players that they could have really touched on early in the draft. We saw round, round three and four. Damian Lewis, the guard out of LSU, uh, we had him projected around round five where the Bears were, but as we said, the draft usually players will move up farther than expected or farther down uh, versus Josh Fromm out of Georgia, the quarterback, who did have an opportunity for the Bears to take him, but he fell over to the Bills. And, and another name, Michael Wemnew out of Michigan, I think was a good pick in the mid-rounds, day two of three. And another player that really could help the Bears, big school players like you were talking about right there that really – have been in those situations. LSU especially being, you know, the big-time school, winning the title this past year, he had those situations. But I think uh, hopefully Scott will be the limit, as we talked about, for these O-line players. They really need to develop, though. That's going to be really important. 
And uh, why Castillo, if he does have that resume, as we've heard of developing players well, we need to see it in action. And, uh, Alf, we're going to touch on some of the undrafted players, because right after the draft, Ryan Pace and his team got right to work and got some undrafted free agents. So we're going to start with one name in particular. What were your thoughts when you heard that out of Buffalo, there are now two Macs on the Bears roster, hopefully in the future? Khalil Mack and now his brother, Ladarius Mack, the linebacker out of Buffalo. What do you think about that as a Bears fan to find that exciting fact out? Yeah, I thought they uh, they did a good job, you know, signing him. And, and uh, I'm sure, you know, Khalil put a nice word in for him with Ryan Pace. But I think they had to kind of do that. Well, they didn't have to do that, but they had to um, – it, it was a good publicity thing. It was good to k- keep Mac happy, um, bring his brother in. And I guess maybe he competes for a roster spot, but just to even get to camp, you know, get him, get him some tape on him. And so if it doesn't work out here, he's got tape and can go play in the NFL somewhere else. That's what it is a lot of guys. A lot of times these undrafted guys is you bring them in, teams get some tape on them, and you kind of help jumpstart their NFL career. Um, but I'm not really looking at these undrafted guys as being starters next year, even roster spots, but they're big bodies that have in camp. Yeah, I think also the term I, I like to coin with it, just seeing the Bears' history, especially with Ryan Pace historically and these undrafted, you know, players he's brought in over the years during his time of Chicago is role players. And we've seen them develop into, you know, part-time starters, players like Bryce Callahan's a really good name to look at. Uh, Anthony Culver's another good name. But just to kind of go down the list here, we did see some offensive linemen, Peter Ellison, Badara Treor. Uh, LaCal London, who's actually from Western Illinois, uh, Illinois native. Uh, Trevon Swain, another defensive lineman. Ladarius Mack, as we mentioned. Versace Smith is another name, another linebacker the Bears added. Ahmad Wagner, the wide receiver, and then running back Artavius Pierce out of Oregon State. Now, Alex, just kind of hearing some of these names, which one, aside from Khalil Mack's brother, kind of stood out to you? Like, as maybe, like you were saying, a player that's good at camp that maybe, you know, can kind of prove himself and maybe crack himself onto the Bears roster. Yeah, I think um, I, I think some of these guys, these linemen, um, you know, they can compete here with uh, the last two guys that drafted in the seventh round and maybe make this roster spot. But um, I like the Pierce out of Oregon State, the running back. I think he's got um, he's got the best shot to kind of make the team just because of the position. Um, running back's not a really deep position, not not a deep uh, position on the depth chart, and uh, you, these guys can also play special teams you know, some of these running backs, kick returning, punt returning. So I think he's got the best shot, um, and I, I'd like to see what he could do in camp. All right, Alex, you get the grade. Ryan, we both get the grade. Ryan Pace, his front office, scouting department, and the Chicago Bears on their draft. As we mentioned to fans, we were going to give our final grade after all the players, undrafted free agents, on uh, the Bears draft and undrafted approach. So, Alex, why don't you give your grade on the Chicago Bears draft for 2020? Uh, yeah, I I wasn't too excited about the draft overall. Uh, what came, what he did, uh, so I I give him a C, C minus, um, just because I think they needed they needed the safety and they needed a corner earlier. They could have gone corner and safety at forty three and fifty instead of go tight end, which again is a position of need. But I think they needed a day one impact player and they could have got that at safety. Those two guys were there, so I think. 
we'll really we'll really know his draft grade when we look at in a couple of years where Cole Clement is and where Grant Delpit is and Anton Winfield Jr. Those guys that went after him and really see did the Bears make the right decision? So I overall C minus and then the later round picks I think he kind of flipped a couple. I think they should have went receiver um, in the in the fifth round with that first pick, but we'll see. I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think that there's okay. Obviously, if if some of these guys turn out like the Eddie Jacksons or Jordan Howard in the late rounds that you know, historically Ryan Pace has succeeded in, then fine. But right now I think C. Yeah, no, I definitely think that's a good solid grade. You know, I think as well, like you were saying, it, it brings up the topic of you want to see the product on the field. I think they were talking about that a lot. Uh, you know, Mark Brody, Hub Arkish, a lot of those well-respected Bears experts to the thing. They were talking to us saying, hey, you know, you obviously like the picks and, you know, like, hey, this player will fit really good here. And, you know, hey, he could be really good on turn. But you can't you know, as my dad has told me, too, you can't really go to that until you see them on the field. You see them in a game situation, even in a preseason game, even in the UT- OTAs. You get to see them in action and how they fit with those other players that are part of your team core. You know, the Mitchell Trubisky, the David Montgomery's, the Rashad Cowards, the Khalil Max, the Eddie Jackson. You see how these guys fit with those players and make them better, but also those players making them better. So, We'll definitely have to wait to see that, but I think it'll be exciting. I'm going to give my grade. It's probably going to be about a B minus, actually. The reason I give a B minus is, you know, a few of the players we've talked about, I think they really hit a good one on Jalen Johnson. He's gotten, as far as scouts have said, post-draft, a really good grade. He's been given an A grade by multiple sources for his playing ability. Like you were talking about, a good steal for the Bears, possibly like an Eddie Jackson-type move. I like the tight end move, though. I think just as a Bears fan, we've needed that type of big-sized player. And, you know, if you think of a Matt Nagy offense, the type of style he tried to bring from Kansas City to Chicago and then morphing it into his own, I think him and Jimmy Graham and Demetrius Harris will fit really well together as like a tight end duo because Demetrius Harris can just come right off uh, in game situations, you know, another weapon. And, you know, we saw that with Kansas City, and that's one of the ways they won the Super Bowl is to really use many different weapons together, you know, different skills of each player uh, morph together. And hopefully the Bears have done that uh, to prepare, you know, for the year to, to kind of improve that, you know, the way fans wished it would have been like 2018 last year. Uh, but every year is different. I give it a B minus. Uh, I got to go with you on the O-line players. I definitely agree. They could have been taken a little higher, uh, you know, better quality, better experience, but uh, we'll definitely have to see what happens. So, just one final question here, Alex. Appreciate your time today. What are your expectations now moving forward for the Bears? Uh, you know, obviously with COVID-19 going on, the whole pandemic, it's going to be kind of up in the air when things start up, the timing of the other off-season programs, training camp, and the season as a whole. How do you feel these players have kind of moved the Bears uh, to maybe a certain level in the division or possible projected standing? What are your thoughts on this? But closing thoughts. Yeah, so it's kind of a lot of it's up in the air, like you said. I think the teams that will do well this year are the teams with veteran coaches, veteran quarterbacks. I, the whole, I think the OTAs are already canceled. There's not going to be a lot of off-season workouts. We don't know how long training camp will get. So these guys are going to be counted upon themselves to learn the playbook and learn their position. And so, you know, for draft picks, it's tough because they're not going to get any live game, live action probably until training camp. It's all going to be mental learning from here on out. So really, 
the veterans in this league, the veteran coaches, the veteran players, they're going to have the big advantage because they know the process. They know what they have to do. They know how to get their body ready and they know the game. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we see some struggling, uh, maybe, you know, Jalen Johnson struggles at first, if he's getting the starting spot at corner, maybe, you know, Komet takes a little while to get going just because they, they don't have any way of really learning the playbook. There's probably going to be no mini camp. So, uh, it, it's going to be interesting in how Matt Nagy can really, you know, bring this team together, which is probably going to be, you know, right before the season starts and kind of rushing into the season if they even start that on time. So it, it will be interesting, but I really think the veteran coaches and veteran quarterbacks, veteran players will have the upper hand. Yeah, I definitely think what you're saying it's going to have a factor. I think what they were talking a lot about, which I think is very interesting, is, you know, the players, you know, Cole Komet, some of the names we mentioned, one of the questions each of them was asked by uh, the Bears reporters that were interviewing them on Skype and the, you know, the radio interviews we hear from players after they're picked by a team, how they were preparing that, you know, was kind of different about, you know, their preparation and the offseason stuff they're expecting. And, you know, we had so many different stories we heard, you know, like someone's using their brother and sister on a barbell or, uh, you know, Cole Kmet's like telling people, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Like different, you know, gym equipment, it's like they're going old school, according to the reporters. You know, they, they're kind of stuck with using technology to stay in touch with players, kind of watching tape on those guys. And I think that's the beauty of technology today, just to kind of touch on that a little bit. YouTube's going to really help some of these guys. You know, you could watch what your quarter is doing, but that's not the same. You know, you, you got to get into the action. I think we don't need a repeat, Alex, of last year's preseason. You know, a lot of fans were kind of skeptic early on in the year about how not playing certain players a certain amount, like Mr. Trubisky, for example, really didn't help with, uh, you know, some of the offensive moves, some of the new offensive schemes and uh, things that Nagy wanted to try. But I think if they do have a better approach to that, which I hope they will, uh, you know, we could see a better Mr. Bisky this year. We could see a better O-line uh, together. But I think team chemistry for any team in the league as well is going to be, with these rookies, as you mentioned, hard to develop. But I guess we'll have to kind of keep our – support with the team regardless and uh, hope for the best. So Alex, going out, we appreciate your time uh, joining us on Wilson Core Special as usual. You're a friend of the show. We appreciate your time and hope to have you on again when maybe we do have a good bear season coming forward, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's always fun to recap the draft and it gets you kind of excited to look forward to next year. So yeah, hopefully we have some fun things to talk about here in the upcoming season. So that was some good insight we had from our guest appearance, Alex Dolanar, and it's exciting to talk football during a time like this. You know, it, there's not much sports going on, and the NFL really brought sports fans together during this tough time, and as other sports leagues have as well. And I think it was just really good to have something exciting like the NFL draft. You know, people to watch when they're home, uh, social distancing, and you know, following up the proper and uh, appropriate stay-at-home orders that are helping to hopefully help us solve and end this global pandemic. I think the Bears, just to kind of touch on it as we did in the Alex Dolan and I touched on, did a really good job in the draft. And I think there are a few question marks we're going to find out, but hopefully they get those figured out during training camp and uh, the preseason the way they did last year completely. So so just hats off to Ryan Pace and his staff. Uh, did a really good job with the draft and can't wait to see what those players do for the future. And Hopefully we will see some really good impact Chicago Bears players uh, to help get the team back into contention. Now we're going to head into the favorite ending of the show everyone enjoys. It's Will's Sports Movie Moment, 
We all have our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment gives myself, my guest co-hosts, and our listeners at home a chance to pick their favorite moment from their favorite sports movie and compare it to modern day sports. Listeners can now hop onto the podcast Facebook profile page and Twitter page at William D. Farlow and post their own sports movie moment favorite for a chance to hear it on future Will's Fifth Quarter Specials. So my movie moment's going to be a new one, and it's actually a movie I watched the day of uh, day one of the draft. And I usually watch Draft Day every year, as everyone knows. Family, friends, everyone that knows me knows I watched the movie Draft Day the day the Bears start the draft picks. But they didn't start till day two, so I thought it was appropriate to follow that properly uh, to the tradition I have in watching it on day two. So for day one, uh, it's leading to my movie moment choice, and it's The Replacements. It's a movie I've seen multiple times over the years, but it's one we've never talked about in Will's Fifth Quarter Special. So I thought it was a really good one to bring to the table. And it compares really well with the Chicago Bears draft picks. And the movie is set in Washington. It's a fictional team, the Washington Sentinels. And they're in D.C. And it's a coach named Jimmy McGinty. There's a strike going on, and a lot of the team's players aren't playing on their teams. You know, uh, one of the teams that this Washington Sentinel team plays in uh, the four games that they need to win to get into the playoffs with replacement players. So Coach Jimmy McGinty was with the team previously, with other teams as well, and this owner brings him in, the owner of the Sentinels, and says, hey, I need you to come captain this team. It's not going to be easy. We need to make the playoffs by winning the rest of our games that we have left. And you're going to have to bring in all new players. And he says, okay, I'll do it, but I get to pick my guys. And it compares really well to the Bears because he picks some really interesting players. So the scene I'm going to pick, he goes to the – so he goes to pick some interesting players, goes to his staff and says, hey – Shane Falco, and they're like, quarterback out of the Sugar Bowl that didn't do well? Yes. And uh, he gets Daniel Bateman, good defense, great defensive player in the movie. And, uh, you know, he gets a receiver, a guy who played receiver that has speed but can't catch the ball well. Gets a tight end that's really good but can't hear. And gets a sumo wrestler to play O-line. You know, he, he just puts a team of, you know, unknown, talented people together. And I think that compares to the Bears. When you see the draft as well, you know, you're picking players that fit your team needs, like how the Bears picked Jalen Johnson, Cole Kmet, O-line players like uh, Arlington Hombright and, uh, you know, Darnell Mooney, just some of the names the Bears have picked. And it kind of compares really well with the players in this movie that were picked. And, and just, it's not always going to be your Class A player that you see in the first round. You know, we talked about in the pre-draft episode, it's not about always getting that superstar in round one. You can even find that superstar in round five, round seven, that key player that your team needs to get better uh, for the organization's future and the fans uh, to see a good product. And the Bears did a really good job with that in this draft. Ryan Pace got some really good players. You know, uh, Kendall Vildor, for example, is a player with different talents. And, you know, Cole Komet's a guy with different talents. Each player has their own different talent. And Pace really did good at bringing these different players as uh, draft picks together. And I think this compares really well with that scene in the replacements. The team went on the win. Uh, sorry for a spoiler there, guys, but they went on and made the playoffs. Uh, and the team bonds together. And they, they realize that it doesn't matter if we're what we're paid or how great people think we are. we got to prove it to ourselves and be a team. And I think that really bodes with the connection to Chicago Bears as well. You know, a team that really prides itself on a good character uh, locker room based environment Pace has brought in those type of players into this organization by filling the team needs as well and I th- think this is a really good movie moment so 
if you haven't seen the replacements, definitely go check it out. It's free on YouTube, full version, and uh, it's on different channels on cable as well. So go check out the replacements. That's my movie moment. Uh, like I said, really good comparison here. Go check out the replacements. That is all the time we have on episode 49 of Will's fifth quarter special. Tune in next time as we will have more fifth quarter sports talk Facebook live streams, questions of the day or the week on our podcast Facebook profile. You can find it at William D. Farlow and more things to come as sports continue to unfold. So I want to thank our guest appearance, Alex Dolanar, for joining the show. Alex, you're a friend of the show, and we appreciate your time and continued support of Will's fifth quarter special, and we hope to have you on again soon. So during this COVID-19 global pandemic, as we started the show with, we at Will's fifth quarter special want to throw our support and prayers and good thoughts to healthcare workers and all of those in the line of uh, service right now during COVID-19, helping to keep all of us safe and healthy. So we Wish you guys nothing but the best, and uh, keep up the great work. We appreciate all that you do. And to our Will's Fifth Quarter Special fans, I wish my good thoughts and prayers to you, each of you and your families and loved ones. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear masks if you need to. Following the stay-at-home order, stay home with your families. Make some good memories together. Spend time together. And we will get through this together. We at Will's Fifth Quarter Special will not stop. COVID-19 will not stop us. And... That's just on behalf of wanting to continue to give each of you good fifth quarter sports talk moving forward and being there for each of you during this tough time. When the fourth quarter buzzer sounds, turn to us for your fifth quarter sports talk. I'm your host, Will Farrell, along with my guest appearance, Alex Dolanar, saying so long from Will's fifth quarter special. To continue to hear your fifth quarter sports talk, you can check out all of Will's fifth quarter specials on our new website at willsfifthquarterspecial.com. Get on in, join the sports conversation, share any opinions or thoughts on all things sports. Head to the Twitter page at William D. Farlow. The fifth quarter never stops here at Will's fifth quarter special.